This is the Lingaholics Podcast with Cody, Marcus, and Ian, where we dive deep into conversations about the experiences and endeavors of the language learning life. On this pod, we feature a wide variety of guests and topics with nonstop passion and nonstop fun. There's no last call for Lingahol, so come on in and join the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 54 of the Lingaholics podcast. We are back today with an awesome guest, uh, someone whose videos we've been following on YouTube for quite a while, uh, someone who on Twitter is making language uh, insights and comments and sharing material. It's always cool to see. So this big online polyglot community, we just want to keep reaching out to as many people as possible. And today's guests agreed to come on. So we would like to welcome today valeria turina Did I get yes it? i got it oh okay it. okay 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 so valeria from little like the biography biogra- biographical facts i know about you that's a russian last name russian yeah mm-hmm. okay awesome so how are you today? Oh, show. okay okay marcus has dabbled a little with the russian so uh how are you today and where are you today just for the listener i'm pretty good oh. It's pretty good. Nice. <laughs> um, I'm currently in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, yeah, that, that's about it. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. And you, okay. All right. Before we get more biography, let's bring in the other podcasteros. So, Senor Sueco in Toronto. What's up today, buddy? Well, it, it's a it's a gloomy day here in uh, Ontario. Day? Yeah, it's been raining all day. I don't know how the weather is down in New York City, but here it's been raining and gloomy all day. So I've been I've been um, chilling out. I watched um, the first part of season five of La Casa de Papel, which was very uh, suspense, very suspenseful, very dramatic. Uh, yeah. So that was a good time. So I watched the two last episodes of that, and had a Spanish class this morning so i did that an hour of spanish and then after that i mostly focused on french that's usually for me valeria um the weekends i mostly do languages mm-hmm. um uh i basically did languages all week unfortunately i i injured my knee playing soccer yesterday so i like okay. i have troubles like walking it's fine i didn't tor- i didn't tear anything i don't think but um it kind of hurts so i've been just chilling today not just being inside which is suitable with the gloomy weather so yeah that's my update i'm glad glad the weather's not taunting you to go outside yeah yeah exactly that would have been bad if it were like really nice out so make you take a take a rest and recover day now yeah oh that little jingle in the back that's my dishwasher so sorry cody Yeah, well, I mean, um, not too much of an update for, from yesterday, but um, 
I guess if we're talking about the weather, things are great here. It's the, September in Seoul is lovely. It's like I think we talked about this on the mm. pod yesterday, but yeah, so the weather's pretty amazing and took advantage of it um with my girlfriend this weekend and just went around to Han River and we went uh, we went hiking actually uh, on Saturday with a friend of ours. So um yeah, that's basically what my weekends have been consisting of is just like Hanging out with the girlfriend and like meeting up with like one or two other friends that we've made here. But obviously because of the way things are with COVID here, like we like we're literally not allowed to meet up with people like the restrictions only during the day only allow for four people even outside to be together. So, yeah, things are pretty strict here, but uh, I'm hoping things will. I'm hoping all those restrictions are going to be getting lifted pretty soon because the vaccination rates are going up pretty fast now finally so um yeah that's about it from my side cool man awesome yeah it's great to be spending time with the girlfriend i'm sure she appreciates (laughs) yes she definitely does yeah (laughs) so wait who's your four then cody so your girlfriend and then you um choose the other three like you gotta choose wisely or (laughs) yeah do you guys remember do you guys remember that Airbnb that I stayed at when I first got yeah. to Seoul? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I Germans? made a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I I made uh the Korean guy who lives there. All the other people left, all the other European people left, but uh there's a Korean guy who still lives there and uh I hang out with him. And um there's like uh, another friend of mine that I've that I've made here and a friend of mine that i met in china actually so an english teacher like a coworker that i had in china he also lives near seoul and so we've met up a few times um since nice. since i got here which has been super cool and uh yeah that, that's about it though because obviously there's no meetups happening or anything like that so my social life here isn't really that great and also when i go to work i mean um this school is kind of like it's a lot more isolated than my previous school it's like everyone has their own individual room so there's no real like socialization that happens other than socialization that needs to happen mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like ah, it's like it's kind of like uh, not the greatest for for me but it's better than what i had in kilju <laughs> at least yeah, i've got yeah. like some people to talk to and <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's like after work, like there's nothing like, hey, like, let's go do something on the weekend or hey, let's do something after work. Like there's none of that. So it's it feels a little bit isolated. But I think when things uh, lighten up with COVID, then the social life will start uh, improving a little bit. For sure. For sure. I so uh, relate to that note about the uh, there's only like the communication that needs to happen, like even with my coworkers, right, like at my job when you go to the office like you just have the casual like you walk by someone compliment their shoes start talking about like something right and then you'd have lunch together but here it's like oh if you want to talk to someone you have to like schedule a time like oh hey do you have time for 30 minutes to like chat get to know it like that's so yeah. like right. of inauthentic you know it's weird so yeah. that's why i feel like i don't really know a lot of my coworkers that well Mm-hmm. Since I joined like this new company during COVID, so I was like a completely remotely onboarded person. Mm. Uh, that was very interesting. Okay. Right. <laughs> but we're finally starting to go back into the office a little bit. 
So like right. I go as of September, I was to go like two times a week, Tuesday and Thursday. And that has been so nice to just like casually see people look over and be like, oh, hey, do you know how to do this thing? And they're like, oh, let me look, let me look at your computer. Like, oh my yeah. God, it's so much better. Yeah. So anyway, that's a side note. <laughs> yeah. Online, online interaction does not replace face-to-face -face interaction at all. No. Yeah. No. I think this works pretty well though. Yeah, well, we have no choice. Podcast. Yeah, podcast. yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we never hear from Cody ever. So yeah. awesome. So Valeria, um, mm -hmm. for most of our guests, we just like to get uh there's like a backstory with them, particularly like specifically with their their connection to languages. It's such like a fingerprint kind of thing with each guest, so unique and interesting and uh Kind of their own backstory to why and how they come to speak the languages that they do and then ones that they're interested in speaking so just for our listeners if you can kind of give a kind of just like a your connection because that's how like we, got, we noticed you on youtube like this is your passion for languages so just sharing that story with us for sure um i won't go too in depth into anything because i tend to ramble if i do <laughs> so i'll keep it simple we got no limit. We got no limit. <laughs> <laughs> all right so from the very beginning i was born in russia and then when i was about three years old my mom and i moved to the united states and she and i continued to speak russian at home and like with the rest of my family on that side uh and then like you know going to school living in the united states of course i just picked up English <laughs> as children do. Um, and my mom like really forced me to keep speaking Russian with her. I remember like a distinct moment where I was trying to speak English to her at home. I was, I don't know, cause like the vocabulary increases as you like talk to your peers, like, you know, go to school, whatever. So I was trying to ask her like, oh, like, do you want this? Or what do you think of this? And she just would not talk to me if I didn't say it in Russian or if I at least didn't say, how do you say da 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 in Russian, right? Just like complete nothing. So <laughs> through that, I ended up like having to continue to speak Russian with her because I mean, otherwise I can't do anything. Um, and that's how it kind of like, kind of continued at home through a compulsory kind of way <laughs> uh, until in fourth grade, um, I went back to Russia for like half a year to go to school there, which was actually like very important and integral to my whole experience with like the whole Russian language and culture side. Um, because that was like the first time, at least memorably and functionally, that I was exposed to people my age who spoke only Russian, you know, like... Right. I had a super motivation to be able to not just speak it like well and improve the vocabulary, but also like be cool <laughs> speaking it, you know? <laughs> right. <Sound laughs> Cause, like, yeah. Cause uh -huh. like these, these kids, they would have all the slang that I didn't know. They would talk in like these different ways. They would include like English words in uh, their rush. And I'd be like, do you know what that right. means even? <laughs> it, it, it was funny. But yeah, so that was like a super pivotal moment where um, I really felt like Russian was very important to me and I didn't 
you know, need any kind of persuasion really to like keep going with it properly. Uh, so yeah, and then alongside that time period uh, in school, I was actually outside of school. I started taking Italian a little bit because my good friend at the time, her mom really wanted her to like learn her heritage language, which is Italian, but uh, she didn't want to. She only wanted to if it was like a play date with me. <laughs> so I would just go like every like once a week to her house and her mom would just give us like these Italian lessons. And then I started going with her to like a formal after school Italian class, which was twice a week. So that was fun. I was doing that for some time. Then when I went to school, I chose to do French just because I didn't want an easy A, wanted to do something else. That would be fun to learn another one. And then in high school, I took also Latin, which I really mm. loved. I thought that was amazing. Such a cool language because yeah. uh, it was so complicated. And oh, with the oh. cases, that was the first time I saw like a, another language that was almost similar to Russian in that way. Um, with the cases, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. The fact that like, you know, you change every single word kind of yeah. for the meaning and you can rearrange the words in the sentence no matter which way. And the meaning is the same, similar yeah. to Russian. Which okay. I think it's so cool. Yeah, so many yeah. artistic things that you could do with that, which I love. But yeah, and I'm almost done. No, no, no. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> I need time. No worries. Yeah, and then in um, in college, the first two years, there's no like foreign language requirement, especially because I had taken the AP exam for French, so I like satisfied that requirement. Um, but then something was missing. By the time like junior year came around, I was like, I'm missing this like language part. It's you know, I don't feel the same without it. So I decided to take Chinese because I felt that if I don't take it now, I'm not going to be able to do that myself. <laughs> and I just want to like have proper teachers to learn all of the tones and all of that stuff while it's not like too late. I know it's not really ever too late, but, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no. so that was really enjoyable. I really liked doing Chinese there. And then last summer, I started trying to self-study Japanese, which is a whole big thing that has its ups and downs. And that's my first time trying to self-study anything. And yeah, that's that went on for way too long. That's my story uh, with languages, basically. The evolution, for sure. So, yeah. so I have a technical question, like a, a linguistic technical question. What are the cases in Latin? Like, what cases do you have? Oh my goodness! So there's like nominative, dative, genitive, accusative, and ablative. There might be another Ooh, ablative. one. Ablative, because those are all the German ones plus ablative. Yeah. They don't have ablative. Oh, no. I never heard of ablative. Okay, okay so it's kind of like. Say uh, that right? <laughs> It's kind of like German, a, right? But that's interesting, though. I didn't, I because you don't have cases in. Well, technically, what? So, how, how, what changes based on the case in Latin? Uh, it's like just, I guess, the mm, ending chunk. Mm -hmm. The ending of of like the, the noun word, the, yeah, yeah, 
of the mm -hmm. noun, the adjective. Okay, so it's right. like it's, it's like Esperanto. It's like Esperanto. Oh, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Because in German, you only you you change you, well, you do change the endings on like adjectives and stuff, mm -hmm. and and also yeah. the the um, what's it called again, Cody? <laughs> the, the, articles. Doubt, the articles change, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. But do the articles change in Latin too, based on on the case? Uh, does Latin have articles, or Latin doesn't have articles? I feel like they don't. Yeah, do in they? my brief dabbles with with uh, Latin, yeah. Because you'd think yeah, that I all because all the Romance languages have articles, you'd think that Latin had articles. Yeah. Oh, okay. Larry's gonna find it for us. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's awesome. Here that's we go. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for. I feel awkward. Being our authority. I feel like I feel I awkward feel that this was like my uh, first question after all that, but I'm just curious, you know. No, no. Oh wow, that is oh, <laughs> pulled out cool. the that is, yeah. <laughs> this is the classics right there. Do they have? No, I don't think they have articles. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a. I forget. There's a book. It's called The Story of Spanish. It's the same authors also wrote a book called The Story of French. And they, because Latin, right, was once the Roman Empire took over and then that evolved to vulgar Latin. That's not vulgar in the sense of like uh, gross or like mm -hmm. just like common Latin. Yeah. And then I forget the exact moment, like the, the, the articles came about but then and then once the articles came about they started dropping the the cases too right because doesn't doesn't latin kind of sound like italian yeah does you know it, what i mean yeah yeah is italian the closest well just the way it yeah. sounds right yeah 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 mm -hmm. okay because I, I watched a bunch of youtube videos on people that speak both italian and latin and then they compare mm -hmm. it and it's, it's kind of it's kind of similar mm -hmm. like the way yeah, it sounds yeah. Right. Yeah, so. I think if you like haven't studied either, you could easily mistake one for the other. Mm -hmm. And there's actually oh, somebody okay. on YouTube who he like he's very good at Latin, and he like did a video or two just walking around Italy, like talking to it Italians in Latin and seeing oh, really? if they like understand. Right. I forget what his name is, but it was so funny. Like some people just got angry with him, and he's like, "The only pe the only person who speaks Latin in Italy is you." <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> It was really funny to watch. And other people, they were actually like trying to communicate and like be helpful. But, yeah, it's quite interesting. So cool, I've got though. a question for you. Um, which city in Russia were you born in? I was born in, well, I don't know if it's a city. It's like a little town. Where, like, where is it located in Russia? Because Russia's <laughs> massive, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How do I describe where that is? Like that is see the thing is that i mean okay so it's a little bit east of moscow okay oh, okay so you're about in, how much you're in the right. european part yeah it's about nine you're not, hours east of moscow. you're not from you're not from vladivostok <laughs> no 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so i guess the european chunk I mean, I guess yeah. it's technically all Euro a European country, which, I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> okay. I wonder, like, where, I don't know. I feel like if even if you're 
in that very eastern part of Russia, if you still consider yourself European or not. Because are, are there Ural Mountains? Near yeah, but they're the way west. Is that no? Sorry, oh, they're way west. east. They're way east. No, they're way east. Sorry, they're, east? they're not as east as you would think. Like after the Ural Mountains, if you go east, there's a like I think most of Russia is still that way. Oh yeah, they're most, but it's still yeah. very east, right? Yeah, I think it's uh, something like maybe forty percent of Russia is west of the Urals and sixty percent is east. Is isn't your Ur Uralstan like past Tatarstan or the Ural Mountains past like past like Tatarstan? I think it's like uh, Tatarstan. Oh, oh, the stands there. Oh, the yeah. state because I have I have a buddy from Tatarstan. <laughs> right. Okay. So. Okay, so Larry, with your mom, kind of, like, how did you feel growing up when she, not not coercively, but, like, forcefully was, like, keeping you on track with Russia? Like, is that one of those things mm -hmm. where you kind of, like, begrudge it as a kid, but then are more appreciative later on? Or is it something you just, like, accept and do as she says kind of thing? I think in the moment, it's kind of, it was annoying <laughs> just okay. because it's like, I want to communicate, but I have to constantly ask how to say the thing that I'm trying to say. Mm. It's kind of mm. like, imagine if I didn't speak, I don't know if we were like doing this in French. Right. And then I only speak right. English and I'm like, okay, uh, how do you say da 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 da? And then yeah. you tell me, and then I repeat exactly that. And then you tell me something else. And then the next thing I also have to say, like, how do I say right. this? Right. So it like it's frustrating because it slows down and makes it hard to actually just do the conversation part. <laughs> of course, it's like helpful in the long run, um, and you know all that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I didn't like have a grudge about it for very long because right. like. I got used to it. I learned all the words I needed to know. <laughs> yeah, um, there yeah. weren't that many. It's not like I would go into depth about like all the different things I was learning at school. So like I do have a uh -huh. big difference between like my Russian vocabulary and my English vocabulary right. where like my English is like, you know, everything. So it's like a hundred percent of words pretty much that yeah. I know and can express. They're like all in English. And then like some subset of that, is Russian, which does not include like technical jargon or like uh -huh. various emotional or like online specific things, uh, you know, thing, things like that. So mm -hmm. it's kind of relegated to just what I would talk to my mom about. That is mm -hmm. what <laughs> my Russian uh, vocabulary is. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because like it's just based on your relationship, right? With your, mm -hmm. with your mom. So how yeah. for how long did you feel frustrated or that sense of frustration with the Russian language? You know, it's interesting. I think it came and went in waves and it kind of evolved over time into a frustration on different things. So it started out like in that uh, little vignette memory that I told you about as okay. just like, uh, I just want to talk to you in English because like, you know, that's easier for me right now um, mm -hmm. to then going away and being fine. And then coming back, like when I went to school in Russia for a little bit, and then I couldn't like be as cool as the other kids who spoke Russian, like 
completely fluently and mm-hmm. with the times. Um, and there I was frustrated that like, oh, I can't like learn this modern youthful <laughs> Russian fast right. enough. I can't like fit in with them fully because I remember that hit me when I heard them referring to me as like, oh, the Valeria from America. Cause there was another girl uh-huh. in the class named Valeria. So sometimes uh-huh. they weren't sure which one they were referring to right. when they were just saying the by name. So, and I was like, oh, they're not just saying like, they're not going to say my last name or my middle name is how we do in Russia, but they said from America. So like, uh, I'm different in that right. way. Yeah. And but, then, but you, oh, sorry. sorry, I was just going to ask, but you don't have like an American accent when you speak Russian, do you? Or No. No. No, it, it's like if people who are Russian talk to me, they can't really tell at all until maybe... 30, 40 minutes into the conversation when mm-hmm. I either start to get fatigued <laughs> or I can't like come up with the more complicated words that fit that conversation. Mm. That makes sense. Okay. So for keeping with your Russian, like nowadays, besides like relationship with family members, do you expand to you? Like, do you read? Dostoevsky or anything? Like, do you, or do you like? Okay, okay. No, I just um, wonder, like, if like expanding but, upon what you had prior. Yeah, not not in that way. I think like okay. uh, the way that most recently I was kind of keeping up with it was I met this one girl on Twitter somehow. We both don't really understand how we met each other because. Um, <laughs> we had some kind of like tiny chat in Twitter DMs going. I think it was like one time I tweeted about like, Oh, I want a female friend. And then she like responded to that and was like, Hey, (laughs) are you in in the city? Um, And so there was one day that I, it was like my last day in Seattle and she messages me and she's like, Hey, are you, I remember you said you were in Seattle. I'm here. I just came here today. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm leaving tomorrow let's meet up, (laughs) Um, which was like crazy timing, right? And so we met up and we walked around for like two hours, just like talking to each other. And she, she's a Russian girl. So she like only speaks Russian. I think she's like learning Spanish and English now, but basically we just spoke Russian that whole time. And she Mm -hmm. told me, that's how I can tell you these insights that like other people don't think I have an English accent that like mm-hmm. it's after this amount of time that people can tell mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, because yeah. that's what she told me. Cause I asked right. her like, Oh, what do you think about blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. And then when I moved back to New York, she moved back here also as like a, she was like kind of visiting a couple different cities in the U S so she was here also. And I met up with her a couple times here. So that was nice. But now she lives in Spain. So okay. I don't see her anymore. Uh, I have to find a new <laughs> Russian person. You, you have to go to Spain. To. <laughs> I yeah, have yeah. to go to Spain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Valeria, have you learned Spanish at all? I have not. No? no. Okay. Uh, if you got French and Italian. It's... Yeah, that'll be easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah walk in the park. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's just never happened for me for some reason. Right. Yeah. Well, there's only so many languages you can learn, even if you're a polyglot, right? 
that's yeah. the that's the eternal dilemma yeah honestly like i even feel like i can't really keep up with all the ones that i have studied like i've kind of yeah. decided yeah. i've given up on italian i probably am not going to return to latin i think even if i have fond memories of it and i know i enjoy it i just know i don't have time to mm -hmm. devote to all of that you know so yeah at the moment i've definitely just like accepted that with the time i have with the priorities priorities that i have at the moment i can only devote time to one language okay one at a time yeah so so yeah. so how do you go about that like how do you um study and practice languages uh so it's definitely been different for all of them until japan i mean actually it's been all the same for all of them pretty much until japanese like all of them have been in a classroom based environment you mm -hmm. know all of the non-native languages of mine those have all been like you know a teacher teaches you you get homework do the homework you know all of that <laughs> but then with japanese like oh my god i feel like i've tried every single thing possible <laughs> in trying to figure out like what works for me and that has been interesting I think ultimately what works for me seems to just keep changing which is really annoying because I keep having to like figure out what that is <laughs> right, um, yeah. and at the moment the thing that is working for me <laughs> which is the most like unlikely thing that you would think it's this super old Nintendo DS game called My Japanese Coach. Whoa. Okay. You didn't What's see that, that coming. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no. Did not. But yeah, so that is what has recently been like the most motivating and fun thing for me to use as actually like a semi-primary resource. Great. The other primary resource is like just a textbook that I have that you know, I follow along when the game tells me like, oh, this various grammar or like this thing, I'll also read about it in the textbook to get like more <gasps> exposure. But yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's super interesting because we were actually just talking about this yesterday. Like I've been having the same problem with uh, with Korean mm -hmm. because I learned uh, four languages to relative fluency, mm -hmm. um, like French, German, Spanish and then Chinese. Mm -hmm. using all very very similar methods to you and then now i've hit korean and i'm just like i'm finding these methods aren't working and yeah. like i gotta change up the what do you call them i gotta change up the tool methodology in my, in my toolbox yeah yeah mm -hmm. but valera valera you have to tell us about this nintendo ds yeah okay yeah. gamer i'm an ignorant gamer which one which counsels ds again ds is the one you flip up and you have two screens it's like the game boy where you flip up and then you have two game Boy screens that. that's ds gotcha that thing ah wow okay <laughs> right so it's yeah. called my japanese coach mm -hmm. yeah one sec i'll show you okay. all right folks we're gonna for those watching on youtube this is awesome gonna, this is gonna, this is original yeah yeah i've fascinating okay my japanese so is the is the intention of the game to teach japanese then or is it just uh Mm -hmm. adventure yeah no it, so on the back i'll read you what it says on the back okay learn japanese okay this is like the kind of stuff that language twitter would like <laughs> criticize the hell out of but uh, 
Whatever. <laughs> we're not there right now. Yeah, they're haters. <laughs> we're here. So yeah, it says, here. learn Japanese in only 15 minutes a day. Easy to learn, fun to play. Entertaining games help you learn Japanese words, grammar, and sentence structure while keeping track of your progress. Explore Japan as each new point of interest expands your vocabulary. Um, so is it like Duolingo on steroids? It's kind of similar, honestly, to Duolingo, but I don't know. For some reason, I like it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't explain why. Like, there's just, I feel like it explains at least like grammar stuff a lot more and the sentences aren't like strange, <laughs> right. you know, like some of them are in like some of the mini games, but um I don't know. It's like, so in, okay, small sidetrack story about Japanese, but like the various things that I've tried to learn it in the past since like August 2020, when I unofficially started, mm -hmm. was I tried simply following a textbook by myself. Does not work. Right. I tried following this textbook along with Tokini Andy's like, videos i don't know if you guys have heard of him okay. uh he's great by the way and that worked for like a week and then i felt really lonely and i was like that doesn't work <laughs> then i was able to like sit in on um, a college class of japanese like 100 okay. that worked super well for a couple months for like one semester except that like towards the end it got to be like too much with like my work schedule and everything i couldn't mm. keep up with all the things mm -hmm. so i ended up like not understanding verbs at all mm. i couldn't i just did not know what was happening there was like i just didn't even want to go to like the classes because every exercise i was like what is going on and i right. couldn't really ask questions because i was just sitting in so right. it, you know and then i tried like an italki lesson uh-huh which went okay it was like it was nice but i felt like i only ate 50 semi understood the verb stuff played this game understood the verb stuff really uh -huh. just clicked yeah yeah it's just like i don't know i after a couple of different explanations for some reason the one in this game just like made sense I don't know. So, I think like I had seen it a number of times. So I guess like yeah. the pattern was in my head. I was just like, I don't get it. I know okay. this and this and this. I can't replicate it. Like, like, I don't know how to explain it any better than that. But yeah, I think you just have to try out all the different resources until you find the one that works for you. Right. Because like different things work for different people. There's for no sure. like, you know, one thing. But yeah, oh, <laughs> that's a funny tidbit. <laughs> so what, what does a typical level look like? Are you just wondering? Yeah, around? like what do you? Yeah, like what do you? What do you do? The what's game? a mission? <laughs> like, <laughs> what's like if I was turning on the first time? What would happen? Well, so you turn on the first time, uh, you go through like a little, mm, what is it? Like level assessment, I guess, oh, like a little speed uh, quiz. Yeah. Honestly, it was super stupid. Like it was the worst placement test i've ever seen because half <laughs> of the words were like sushi samurai like it was like wow even if you don't speak japanese yeah, you will know this one you got those ones yeah yeah yeah. so i was like why did they even put these in 
but anyway yeah, yeah so yeah. you do that placement test they like you know skip a couple things for you um and then they there's like grammar sections there's just straight up vocabulary levels where the first part is like a mini lecture by this little teacher person mm -hmm. um so there's like an avatar over here and then there's like all the information here and on the bottom screen uh yeah i'm not doing this explanation very well no. but <laughs> basically yeah. you have like a little lecture part yeah. in the beginning yeah. uh -huh. then she forces you to do a couple of games to like reinforce some of those things then you do a little part two of that lecture section and then she's like okay before moving on to the next lecture you have uh -huh. to like gain enough points for all of these various words and grammar stuff mm. through the mm -hmm. mini games Gotcha. Okay. And then you find it's like very well organized, like pedagogically, or it's, or it's you're just, you're hooked to it. Like you're interested. So you just keep I going. I think my main yeah. interest is just like coming from my nostalgia towards old game consoles at um, the moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that like I just really want to like play with this thing. And if I want to play with it, then I might as well do something else that i also want to do yeah compatible that time. So yeah that was like so a self-hack so is this game only for like beginners like a one eight two or does it go into like intermediate stuff as well or what would you say i'm not like super far along with it because i've been trying i'm like a completionist gamer mm. <laughs> so okay. like i, like I am the kind of person i will do all the side quests i need to make sure i know everything like down pat before proceeding um so yeah. i'm like still working on going back and like studying all the vocab that i may have missed because oh my god vocab is my nemesis i hate studying vocab yeah. but <laughs> i don't know what level it ultimately goes up to but i would say it's just kind of beginner right right mm. But so, so in like your general language playbook, um, what do you do when you like traverse into like the intermediate step? Like, how do you, how do you usually change up your, your, um, practicing routine or learning routine? I think at that point, my favorite thing to do is like reading, like any kind of stuff that I can read without stopping too many times mm -hmm. right. it's like my favorite place to be so like okay. for chinese what i did was um i had found like a couple of graded readers that were very pleasant to read and it was like the there were some where the vocabulary uh it's like listed at the very bottom of the page the first time you see it so it, it, you don't have to like go look in the back of like a glossary or like pull out your phone and like look it up. Right. Um, and then it's placed They're They're like written in a particular way such that the first time you see that you'll see it again pretty soon. And then again, mm. it's almost like a SRS kind of style. Yeah. In okay. The book, you know, yeah. so it's like a very natural way of learning these new words both right. in context yes and with like yes. repetition so uh -huh. that's like my favorite that's... i think i used to use those same books that you're talking about 
really <laughs> yeah because you used the term graded reader i was like yeah it said like the title is like chinese graded reader one to six right uh, or something like that i have like two different kinds there's one that's like it has the blue kind of title uh and it, there's like one that's about sherlock holmes it's like really thin and then there's another one that maybe is the one you're talking about that are thicker books and they usually say like oh 1000 words yeah yeah those like, ones yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're composed they're composed of like short stories and things like that yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. A... so that and they come with those little like bookmark kind of things that have like, yeah. lines in them so you can only read yeah the, the yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah. right yeah 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 that's cool mm -hmm. that's yeah, those, are, those are good too that sounds like a way uh more useful SRS type of system because like I'm a memorize addict. Like mm. I need to go to therapy for it. And uh, <laughs> um, like it'd be way though. more productive if I was like seeing these words. Well, I've gotten better. I've kind of like cut out just individual words now. It's more like based in phrases, but even then it'd be better if it was like Sherlock Holmes or uh, like, mm -hmm. Uh, Eighty thousand yards to the sea, or whatever that book's called, like just like those classic stories kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. and I think more and more languages are coming out because I know Mark from Language Come Up. I know he's got he always on Twitter's got ones for Russian too. Mm -hmm. So, um, did you just like Google Chinese readers, or how like Cody? Like, how did you find these books? I just googled them. Yeah, okay. I think a, yeah. I think a friend gave them to me. Right. Yeah, because yeah. because I remember when I did Ukrainian, I found like old fables and stories mm -hmm. like they were meant for kids, clearly, but they weren't meant for language learners. So you had to like you kind of had to for like make it a language learning resource. But I do this graded reader resource where it's like, OK, this is meant for a language like we're not going to use more words than we have to to be at this level. Kind of mm -hmm. okay you know what now you mentioned like children's material like i know a bunch of language like uh polyglots always say that like learning through children's material is like one of the best ways to go but that's something i'll just i'll never get on board with that because like i'm not gonna sit there for an hour and watch a kid's show like watch paw patrol in korean like it's just not something i'm gonna do with my time <laughs> okay, like i don't effective it is i watched all like the disney movies in spanish i've done that well yeah. disney movies is di that's a little different but like because there's a lot of like adult humor in disney movies too but like <laughs> yeah. stuff that's like specifically right. for kids like i'm not gonna watch barney in spanish like. <laughs> <laughs> but dude come on might be might be useful though <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i don't know i honestly i feel like I could be biased, but at least like Russian cartoons that were made for children, I think that they're like objectively better than okay. American cartoons made for children. Like hmm. I, as you know, what, what am I, 24? I still enjoy watching those. Really? And oh, I don't even okay. think it's like nostalgia necessarily. I mean, it could po partially be that, but like they're just really well made. The art is like still looks cute and like nice you know right. but when i look back at like i don't know not not identical but like equivalent i guess american age, uh, uh -huh. cartoons in america i'm like ew <laughs> i don't okay. like that 
So I don't know. Right. I, I think it's also like what age group for of kids is this like meant for? Because if it's meant for like two to three years old, like, yeah, I'd want to shoot myself too. <laughs> right. But like yeah. if it's made for, I don't know, seven, eight, that might already be better. Right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I don't know. I agree. Like, I feel like the vocabulary even in some of those could be tricky for if you're trying to learn the language and you don't know that many words because it's probably going to include things that you just wouldn't come across otherwise. Like right. words like fairies or uh-huh. like the legend of whatever. <laughs> or, like, yeah, there's also a lot of like really useless words right. in, in, mm-hmm. in kids' shows and books and stuff like that for sure like literary yeah yeah or like stuff that like only kids would use and like Mm. unless you have kids like why would you need to learn stuff like that right yeah i've I've just always heard as an argument because like instead of just jumping into a adult movie where the vocab is going to be you know way higher than maybe your beginner level that you know a kid show like for just for like comprehensible input reasons but you still need to have like interest well yeah like we were saying i guess it depends on the kids show like I, like i'm i'm not gonna watch barney but maybe i would watch his or something like that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> depends yeah um okay but i have a question about okay we just a few episodes ago we talked about we were referencing this other uh, Russian podcaster who talked about how intense schooling is in mm. Russian, even at a very young age. Like okay. lots of like very studious need to memorize like poems and like yeah. it's just it's just a lot more rigorous, say, than say you might find like North American schooling system. So was that your experience? Is that true? Like is it like I mean, that? Kinda? Granted, I did only go to school there officially for like four months. <laughs> right. Okay. I know but, it's a short window. Short window. Yeah. 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 But even then, it was like a little bit shocking um, to see how stark the difference was. Like, first of all, one of the main differences I would say between the schooling is that, um, like in America, you do or at least in my school that I went to in America, you do like one kind of, uh, I have to describe this in a way that makes sense. It's like you take like one science per year, for example, like you will only take chemistry that year. Uh Next year, you're not going to repeat chemistry. You're done with chemistry for the rest of like, you know, the school, right? Next year you take biology, but there it's like you take every subject all at once but it's like you have a different schedule for them every year and each year it like progresses the level that you learn like the next stuff about that topic Mm, okay so it's always like all encompassing yeah it's like you're always Mm. like doing all the things at least that's what i understood from the school that i had gone to that was how they did it um Uh but also yeah um like i don't know if that's partially why but all of like the stuff was a lot more advanced like the math that i was doing there it was like the year after what i was doing Uh in um 
my American school. So like mm -hmm. I was very ahead in math for a little bit after coming back because I just like learned all the stuff. And also right. the way we do division is like with a, a table like that as opposed yeah. to long division. Uh-huh. Like you don't do long uh, division or you no, do long we, division? We do. It's just like the, the way that the table is is different. Oh. You make like uh, a, a, a T on the side as opposed to an L on the side. Anyway, oh, that's like okay. so not yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the but, representation, yeah. But I yeah. but I heard that they make you read like Dostoevsky in like middle school. <laughs> uh, or, or Pushkin that, or something. I don't know. Yeah. Probably. Well, we did have to memorize poems. That was a thing. And you also okay. get cold calls all the time. You have to stand up when you answer a question or you have to like go to the front of the room. Oh. Every time the teacher comes in, oh. you have to stand up, greet them, sit back down. Oh, wow. Um, you, I'm pretty sure there were like times that you had to like, like clean up the classroom. Like that wasn't the janitor's job. That was like the, the student's People's, job. Mm. Um, yeah, you had to wear a uniform. Which <laughs> uh, I discipline. like enjoyed, but also hated. <laughs> right. Um, How is your uh, knowledge of the Cyrillic alphabet and like writing and stuff? Are you perfectly capable of writing in Russian? Yeah, yeah, in Cyrillic. Yeah. I, I just what don't like it? my handwriting. I oh, sorry, can you do the handwriting it. Cyrillic too? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. That's, yeah. That's I got Cyrillic down, but the handwriting was like, oh, geez. I'm yeah, bad at handwriting. Reading other people's handwriting, that is still hard, but yeah, okay, I don't know if you okay. can see. This, I was just writing like song lyrics the other day. Ah, uh, okay. So That's in the, Cyrillic? Yeah. For the audio listeners. Yeah, okay. It's. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to see. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's how that's the proper way to do it, right? Like, is it proper to print Cyrillic? Like, should it always be? Pretty written? much no one does that. It's like just right. way too slow because. Yeah. Yeah. It's like too many strokes, I guess. Yeah. For yeah. No, for sure. I so I remember, like, when I was doing Ukrainian, like, I was like, I'm not doing this handwriting. I hate handwriting. So I was like, printing it out. And like, I was like, I'm mm -hmm. done. This is the only way I'm a good for me to represent it, but like the proper way, I'm like, nah, I ain't doing this. So, okay. yeah. Cool. So, have you, have any other Slavic languages kind of caught your eye? Because we talk on this show, we talk about it's Richard Simcott's theory, like a anchor language, where mm -hmm. if you're strong in one language of a language family, then you can like branch off more naturally. To another one, so right, any right. other Slavic ones that, mm -hmm. like for the future or, or that you've looked at previously? I mean, I did have like a brief interest with like Polish, I guess, just okay. because um, like in Brooklyn, there is this area that's like very Polish. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's called like literally Little Poland. But okay. and then they sell like a bunch of like stuff here that i mean it's polish but it's very similar to russian things right, right. so like i really like shopping here for stuff uh -huh. because it, it's like it reminds me of the russian food that i like um but it's just funny like i'll walk into like a polish bakery and then they greet me in polish and i'm like uh hello <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like damn it sorry i can't speak polish um yeah, yeah. And it's like when I hear them speaking amongst each other, it's super weird. It's like, 
I feel like I should be able to understand it because it sounds so similar to Russian, but I just can't. Right. And so I keep okay. trying to like, all, my brain keeps trying to like parse it to understand it, but it's just doesn't. It and is still. Because there's some words that are just, they sound like they are literally Russian. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, okay. that's interesting, but yeah, I don't think I'll end up learning it. <laughs> no, no, no. Just even uh, being able to encounter it. It's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Oh, go ahead, Marcus. I was gonna ask if you've done any other type of traveling or um, done any other type of like uh, immersive environment for language learning. <laughs> yeah, um, I technically from June 2020 to January 2021, I was living with my. Uh, fiance's family who are all Chinese speaking. Mm -hmm. So like within that home, within that home, I always mm -hmm. heard Chinese all the time. Right. <laughs> but yeah. uh, so that like actually did wonders for my listening because like they all speak in like, well, some of them speak in like a more standard accent, I guess, and others not so much. And sometimes there's like Shanghainese going on in there too. Right. But yeah, I, I just remember like at first when I moved in, I couldn't really understand them that much because it was either too fast or I just had to like think too much. And then towards the end, I realized that like, oh, I have no trouble like picking out everything that you're saying. Like sometimes I don't understand what you're saying, but I can like repeat. I can, you know, yeah, I hear um, it properly. So, okay. I guess that is the most recent immersive experience that I've had. Hmm. But yeah. And you feel like it helped a lot? Like you improved mm -hmm. a lot? Yeah. I mean, I guess the problem is that I was like too shy and didn't really speak to them at all and didn't take advantage of that opportunity. I only spoke to them in English. Um, but yeah, otherwise for listening, for sure. And like just for various vocabulary, because sometimes like I'd just hear them say something and I'd hear them say it so many times. The repetition. I finally like yeah. look it up and I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. what that means. And then I, I like piece it right back into all those other contexts that I'm like, that makes sense now. Right. Right. So like in retrospect like kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because do you find... At least when I went to Ukraine, I met my long-lost Ukrainian family members. I found some, like, a lot easier to understand than mm -hmm. others. Like, I know we're, like, we're all speaking Ukrainian here, but some of us just like, oh, thank you. Like, it's clear, but the other <laughs> ones I was like, come again? Like, uh, so, dude, I don't, that, that's like any language, basically. It just depends on the speaker. Like, uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think so. Because, like, I mean... I have trouble understanding some English speakers, honestly. Right. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those Canadians, eh? <laughs> Can't understand them. <laughs> no, I, I actually like last year, I remember there was a time I got really somehow like sucked into watching a lot of Canadian YouTubers in particular. And then oh, I started like yeah. pronouncing certain words in like a Canadian way. Like a boat? <laughs> no, like or, uh, sorry instead of sorry. Sorry there, bud. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, or wait, like, I don't even know what else, but like there were, or like, uh, what was the other word? 
I don't know, whatever. But like that is the main one that I noticed because I went to the elevator and I like hit the wrong button for someone else and then I said sorry. <laughs> and then I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> That's hilarious. Just, just don't watch Trailer Park Boys. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Other shades of Canadian. So um so in I know it's still like COVID times and everything, but in Brooklyn, are is there like a polyglot scene or a, a meetup or or do, do you kind of interact with that community? Because oh, yeah. I know some language learners like that's not their thing, like they're not as social, like whereas we are, but for you in Brooklyn, like is that something you seek out? Um to like connect with other language learners or speakers? Uh I feel like I would like to, but I haven't sought it out yet. I don't know. I feel like I'm still um, very wary of COVID things just because I do like visit my family a lot. And, you know, like my grandma lives with us and I just don't want anything to happen because even like vaccinated people can transmit Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've just been like, "Mm, not yet. Um, But otherwise, I'm definitely like interested eventually in like connecting with people locally because i don't know my whole experience with like finding people interested in languages has been like completely virtual and through the internet right like all the friends i've made and the connections they've all been like through youtube or twitter pretty much (laughs) so it would be cool to finally like in real life see somebody yeah that's really interesting i think for all three of us it's been the exact opposite like we started with like almost purely real life interactions and we've had to get used to like online interactions oh interesting Mm -hmm. Hmm. how did you like so for you guys was it through like different meetups that you first like hear of online and then you go to them and that's where you meet the people yeah well like that's actually how the three of us got connected essentially yeah but then i guess at least for me like i've always been like a little nerdier on the online stuff like following certain bloggers from back in the day like like benny lewis fluent in three months was a big thing um but this out here in western canada like until actually yeah until i was at university where i met cody and then later connected with marcus like depending where you are there's not always like a local place to go hang out so that's where there is kind of refuge in the online community so yeah but like i know like our boy mark is here like he's 100 percent. well cody too doing that you like prefer like real life like i only 100 prefer real life i only learned of this online community like a couple months ago (laughs) to be honest like i just joined twitter for like the first time yeah like when the pandemic started and now, now um, at least here, like meetups are back. Like we have a, a pretty small tight group now that like we meet once a week for Spanish. And I'm trying to find a group for French as well. Because mm-hmm. um, that was always my thing. And it's because I met these guys like in Calgary where, where we all lived before. There's like a really good polyglot community. So like once or twice a week, we would meet at a cafe or a bar. Uh, it'd be like 40 people. And like um, we would even have like these pub nights where you had like a table for each language. So you would like move around the tables and speak different languages. There was like a German table and a French table and a Spanish table. So So, like I I always loved that. Yeah, that was always like my thing Um, or our thing, I guess. 
Um, and then the pandemic hit and then we tried doing like some online meetups and it kind of sucked. It wasn't really the same thing. Cause yeah. like 40 people in like one uh, zoom meeting doesn't really work. I mean, you can it, do breakout rooms, but you can, that's yeah, like, that's kind of what you have to do, but yeah. you yeah, only really want to be like max. You only really want to be max four. I think that's pushing it. Like Ian and I, we've been doing these Portuguese nights before. Like we're doing these Portuguese nights. Me and him were yeah. like speaking to, to each other over Zoom, just me and him in Portuguese, yeah. which was that worked really well. Yeah, sometimes. But otherwise, yeah. it's not the same yeah. thing. Like the, that, like the the bigger group, like you need to do that in real life. I feel like for sure, because I I think like only really one person can ever be talking at once, and if there's like too much time between you know everyone getting a chance then it's yeah. like someone mm -hmm. inevitably gets left out and then it's yes. just not productive so yeah i totally. agree and i think and that's uh that even translates to uh i mean it depends okay i'm curious what about your language classroom experience because i even just took mm -hmm. i took a alliance Francaise class recently where i was one of 10 people i believe mm -hmm. and you know, it was, the material was fine, interesting and everything. We had the odd breakout rooms. But when you're just like a tenth of the class, like, yeah, I do feel like you're, that's all you get. <laughs> you get 10% yeah. to speak, basically. So like, but for you, she said up until Japanese, like the classroom setting for you was always like, like really productive. Honestly, yeah. I think it's because like, um, I am honestly very introverted and like uh -huh. I don't do well generally in like a large group setting because I tend to get overwhelmed because I can't give like 100% of myself to everyone. That's just mm -hmm. like, you know, so mm -hmm. when I'm like in a big group setting, I tend to want to like cling to a single individual. <laughs> like that's my uh, best friend and I follow them around <laughs> and then I get very sad when I discovered that they have other people that they want to talk to. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like when I'm in a classroom setting, like I only really need to focus on like the teacher, you know, the other kids are there to not always have the intention on me as well. Mm -hmm. right. Give me like right. a break from answering questions and like, but still learn through like how they're answering to things, uh -huh. what mistakes they're making, how like, you know, like maybe I'm not ready to like, uh, I don't know, do the exercise answer. Maybe I'm like not totally sure, didn't like super get it. But then I hear everyone else like do this exercise back and forth to the teacher. And I'm like, ah, got it. And then I don't have to like go through, I don't know, the not embarrassment of not knowing, but like acknowledging and like admitting that like, oh, I didn't get that immediately. I don't know. It, I feel yeah, like all these yeah. like emotional things, they still do contribute to everything, which is, I don't know, important, honestly, for motivation and like confidence. So I don't know. I think that just helped me in a lot of ways and was very like productive for me. Right. But yeah, I think the other main thing, though, other than that, was just like having an external force <laughs> to like make you do the things. Right. Um, okay. Like there is a set schedule. You have to follow it. If you don't, you're going to be like called out by the teacher. Why didn't you do the homework? 
Right. Why don't you know these words? Or like you get a bad grade on your test and then it's like, you know, stamped in your record and you're like, well, shit. Right. Why didn't I say Yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. So it's like it always gives you the kick in the butt that you need <laughs> yeah, <laughs> constantly to make it a habit as opposed to because like if I don't have that then I tend to just miss one day and then another day and then another day and right. then I can't get back on it's really yeah. hard to because there's nothing really forcing me I can always just procrastinate so yeah right. I think that's why the classroom was very good for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey cody do you gotta take off here yeah yeah sorry guys no 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 worries we'll uh marcus and i we'll keep chatting Valeria. okay yeah if you guys want to uh, keep going then feel free but i i have to go right now yeah man i know you got yeah. stuff to do and so yeah so cool, nice dude. meeting you cody okay yes yeah, so yeah, it was nice care, meeting bud. you yeah take sorry care, i have to go early no worries dude okay later. bye guys bye bye so Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. That external, because I feel there's there always that like give and take of like your internal motivations and drives and things. But then like if there is something external, and I find that's not just languages. That's a lot, like kind of any skill acquisition or study yeah. in life. I so. think that's like the main point of like personal trainers, because you can find right. it online. But uh -huh. no one's gonna make you do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're paying right? For someone to force you to do it. Yeah, um, I don't. I, for me personally, though. For me personally, though, like I don't feel like I need that at all. Like it's mm -hmm. at the point where, like, how I've organized my life is that I I automatically get like my main languages without really even trying, like Spanish, because I try, like I try to have like my base, my language base, and like us and my social life. So mm -hmm. I have a bunch of friends. With whom I only speak Spanish and like that's mm -hmm. how we hang out. Like mm -hmm. I talk, I text them in Spanish, I talk to them on the phone in Spanish, we see each other, we speak Spanish. Right? So mm -hmm. it's like automatic. Some of my yeah. favorite podcasts, for example, that I listen to are in Spanish. Uh, I love reading the news, like various newspapers in Spanish that I do like on an almost on a daily basis. So it's like automatic, you know, and that's what I wanna what I, that's the level I wanna be at in like all my languages ideally but it's hard like mm -hmm. i try dabbling like russian italian but it's like it's really hard for me to like get that sense like i have to like fall in love would a classroom help you in that sense or you just you need that passion <sighs> no i don't i can't do classrooms when it comes to that stuff okay that's what i mean just, like, it never worked for different. me i possibly could yeah, i possibly could but then it's like the classroom is also like too slow for me like i, I want it like i, I want to do it like every day and like having one class and one more thing, like I hate, I never do grammar. I, I, I do not, I just don't. Well, I do study grammar, but I do it like retro actively, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean? Like I learn it first intuitively and then I go back and, and like re look at the grammar and try mm -hmm. to understand like, okay, why does, why do you say it this way? And it makes a lot more sense that way instead of like learning the grammar before you, you uh, encounter the sentence structures or the language. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's just my my approach, and I've never I've never learned like uh, a hard language. I've always dabbled in like the lowest hanging fruit, like I like I um, talked about on the Ace podcast. Like I never tried. Like Russian would be like the hardest one, and like it, Russian hit me hard. <laughs> like so that's freaking hard for me. Russian, that's something different. Yeah. But otherwise, I just dabble in like all the Romance languages and and uh, German, which are pretty. Uh, yeah. Similarly, like, like we talked about anchor languages, right? 
Mm-hmm. So I just go off of my anchor languages and like pick the closest one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. Blair with Japanese, do you feel this one's going to take like quite a long time to to do? Like, or like, or, or are you happy with your pace? Or do you have a big ambition like to go to Japan or, or like? Oh, for some... sure. Yeah, I've okay. been wanting to go to Japan since like high school. Okay, this is um, a long time coming. Yeah, <laughs> but right. like, see, I didn't start like actually learning it until last year. And even then, like, I don't even know how to say like, oh, I started here because it right. was like started, did two weeks, dropped off for a month, started again a different way. Yeah, did yeah, a little yeah. Bit. So I don't even know how long I've really been doing it. But, but yeah, I guess my ultimate even know what my ultimate goal is like i'm uh-huh. this is the thing like i've watched a bunch of these like oh my polyglot goals for 20 yeah, yeah, yeah right videos and i'm uh-huh. like how do you even know what your goals are <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. like i couldn't even i don't know how to set those like productively because i've always had them kind of almost set for me through classes it's like okay by the end of this year you will be able to do this this and this and right. just do what we tell you and you will get there that's the curriculum yeah. yeah yeah so okay. it's like doing that by myself is uh i i don't yeah. know because i have to still discover like what is my pace because i get really easily like discouraged i guess if i put too much on my plate and then I can't do all of it. Even if I did most of it, I didn't do all of what I wanted to do. And then I'm like, damn right. it, <laughs> didn't do all of it. Yeah. But then if I do too little, then I want to keep going. But then I burn myself out trying to do too much because right. once again, I didn't set myself a limit. So I'm like, I'm very comfortable. Finding that <laughs> Goldilocks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, guys, quick thing. I actually, I actually got to go too really bad. Uh, no, I'm going to let you guys finish sure. up the chat. Sure, sure, um, sure. But I, I really got to run real quick. But Blair, yeah. it was really nice chatting with you. And yeah, uh, let's do this again, eh? Yeah, for sure, eh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, nice. Okay. Right. Merci, merci beaucoup. Ciao. All right. Oh, Later, Swago. All right. Um, cool, cool. And then there so... were two. Yes, then we were two, Cody and Marcus. <laughs> you can say I outlasted them. This is the first time, actually. Like, it's like a last man standing <laughs> the Lingaholics. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, just a couple quick things here, because thank you. It's been an hour plus here um, mm-hmm. with us. So just in terms of uh, like your social media presence um, and YouTube presence, have you how have you found that in terms of like showcasing? Because you, you did admit, like you say, like how you're shy, but how have you felt have you felt like come out of a shell at all like with this youtube social media presence or like have you, is the feedback from the community help motivated like what's that interaction like for you uh i wouldn't say that it's made me any less shy because like technically when making videos you are still by yourself right you know, you're just talking to a kid you're not actually talking in front of anyone it's like oh, okay. you're still by yourself in a room. So like I feel like that's why it might not seem that I'm shy because it's like, oh, like she's talking, she's making videos on YouTube, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, right. But actually, no. Um uh-huh. as far as like the Twitter's uh Twitter presence, I also like honestly don't think I 
even tweet that much. Right. Yeah. I yeah. I only kind of like say something when yeah. I'm like, I think like, oh, this is worth saying. Um, right. Right. Or it's just like something random that or cute that I want to share. So totally. I don't know. And I forgot what the rest of your question was. No, no, just, yeah, okay. Like, so you felt it's been like a good energy from just being on social media and YouTube, like uh, the language uh, community, basically? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, it's definitely been like pretty much only a positive experience. But I feel like if I talked about some more of my opinions, because I feel like I've been pretty safe. (laughs) There are some people like, like Kevin or like some other people who just like yeah. they will say whatever they think right. and they, they like to rip. get into arguments it seems right but i like really shy i am like the kind of person who i'm like the michael jackson the popcorn reading those but okay. i will not engage. right you're not in the actual like <laughs> no. showdown of yeah no, no, no. I, I play it like super safe because i am afraid of conflict and i can't deal with that but yeah 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 i, I think that's why for me it's been like pretty positive <laughs> cool okay yeah yeah no exactly like that's the thing it's like it's not like when you're on the present on those uh networks that you have to be like in the weeds on everything or like just yeah having a fun press and like honestly that's how like kind of um because me and cody and marcus just always sharing videos and like hey Mm -hmm. here's another language learner that we'd like to talk to so um yes no um so okay so for the listener that wants to find you and not get into an argument or nothing, just have some kind words and pleasantries. So where can they, where can they find you? Um, if you, uh, if, you if can Google promoting. my name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Which is Valeria Tarina. V-A-L-E-R-I-A-T-I-O-U-R-I-N-A. So awesome. yeah, that is my okay. name. Okay. And one more nerd question for like, so after, after Japanese, any particular uh, language aspirations? Or have you thought that far ahead? I have thought that far ahead. I oh, think, you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I At first, I was like considering like, oh, maybe Korean would be cute. But then I was like, uh-huh. mm, no, okay, I'm just going to stop here because I can't maintain all of these. And I would just really, I've gotten to the point where I really just want to be like good in one or two and uh, like okay. i'm fine with being okay in the other ones that i've learned but i don't think i would want to like pick any other ones up right okay so it's i really think like, japanese is really the last one and it's one that i want to get to in like a pretty good level so, solid yeah. no yeah awesome awesome okay um all right folks that's gonna wrap up our episode here with uh valeria so thank you so much for uh joining us today um it's uh yeah been it was awesome when you accepted the invitation a while back so it's really happy uh we can make it happen here today yeah. and uh um thank you and keep on keep on with the languages that just keep on rocking, awesome. <laughs> keep on rocking yeah, yeah. thanks so much for inviting me on it's a yeah. pleasure for sure. Okay. We will see you down the line for sure. All right. Peace. Bye.